0: I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. Thank you to my latest podcast patrons for your support. Kevin across the bay wrote Hi, Joe. I've been enjoying the podcast for a few weeks. Episode 131 put me over the top. I felt like this was the best way to give you a virtual hug during this tough time. Hang in there and keep up the great work. Kevin, I loved and appreciated your note and acknowledgement, and I'm happy to report that I ended a 53-day human-touch dry spell when I received a hug from today's guest. For the most part, I think I'm handling the public separation thing like a champ, but this week, I found myself emotionally on the upside-down part of the roller coaster ride we're all on right now. It hit me the day we got the announcement that California was extending the shelter-in-place order until June 1st. Most Californians I've spoken to had similar reactions to mine. I mean, we're humans. We're designed for community. And like you, I'm really missing mine. Exacerbated loneliness is a real issue right now. And you don't have to be alone to feel lonely. Some of the loneliest people I know are surrounded by folks all the time. And just like stress, isolation and loneliness can be a slippery slope for mental and physical health. But I subscribe to the model that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. If you listened to the Healing Conversation podcast episodes with Edie Osborne, she mentioned conscious anchor points. When things feel off or unfamiliar emotionally disorienting. The idea of conscious anchor points is being able to focus on those life events and truths that put you on a solid foundation. They center you and bring you back to your knowing. But I get that can be hard to do when your thoughts are spinning out and you feel trapped or helpless. I know I've been there. It takes genuine effort and focused awareness. In my experience, a little bit of cannabis and a good friend joining you on the journey makes a huge difference. If the pandemic has brought you to a crossroads, maybe you want more for yourself or to deepen or repair an important relationship. Maybe you want to live more deliberately, take better care of yourself, whatever it is that you're working through. I think you'll appreciate today's chat with another one of my soul sisters, Ariana Black, who first joined me on the podcast two years ago. We started out as colleagues in the event production world and evolved into friends who nurture each other to be better humans. So settle in, my friends, and let's explore cannabis as a catalyst to get your mojo working. It's time to get casually baked.
1: I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, a just
0: Hi, Ariana.
1: Hey, Jojo.
0: We were going to do this uh, interview meeting of the minds over the phone, but But we had a fuck it moment this morning. That is
1: not how real humans communicate when they want to talk to their soul sisters, and they can, if we have the ability to get close. And you and I
0: have been soloing this from our respective corners of the East Bay, and it's been challenging We were talking this morning about just these ups and downs of this current situation that we're in and how it's like one minute, it's like, yes, I am on my personal retreat, personal growth out the ass. Woohoo, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, I can't do
1: this anymore. I got to get out of here. Somebody help me. Not even the next day, sometimes the next hour going from feeling like I'm really able to live my best life because there isn't ever anything stopping me from that, and then ping-ponging around to telling myself that I'm trapped. When I am not trapped, there is nothing trapping me. Yeah. And the first three weeks that I had to listen to people say they were trapped, I actually felt like like, what are you even talking about? The sky is still there. The, the grass is still there. The flowers are still there. The sun is still there. What is trapping you? Like, you are trapped in your own mind. And uh, I have been falling into that story lately. Well, and to you saying it's, you know, it happens
0: frequently throughout the day. And it's like, I do have to remind myself frequently throughout the day. Like, take a breath. Pause. Like, what what's going on here? And one thing that I did, you know, after you and I got off the phone, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to see one of my friends. Like, I'm so excited. And I, you know, I was almost like a dog. Like, my, I was wiggling. I was
1: just like, Oh, I got the wiggles,
0: too. I got a lot of wiggles. (laughs) And I just thought, if I'm feeling like shit, all I have to do is, like, turn the corners of my mouth up and wiggle a little bit. And, like, it immediately starts changing shit. But also knowing that you were... Or you just hug yourself
1: a little bit and wiggle, dance <gasps> oh in God. the kitchen.
0: I'm telling you what, I, though, one day, that was one of the fits I threw. I was hugging myself
1: and I'm like, I'm fucking tired of hugging myself. Like I need somebody else to hug me. <laughs> that was a pro tip though. <laughs> when you when you <laughs> told me to just hug myself and wiggle, I realized it that at the end of the day, yeah, like this is what I need. Yeah. This is what I need and I can provide it. Mm -hmm. I can get that when I need that.
0: And I really think that right now, people like you and I who are sheltering in place alone, people feel like their back's against the wall. You're alone or whatever. And it's like, okay, I've got to figure out how to fix this. You know, it's almost like the plumbing breaking, you know, out in the country. You're like, okay, Southern engineering, here I go. Like, I got to figure something out because nobody's going to come out here and help me on a Saturday. So, you know, we get really crafty in how we take care of ourselves um, when we are alone. I really believe that taking care of ourselves is part of our job.
1: I think it's our first job. It should be our first job, I, yeah. I frequently forget that, but my heart thinks that it's my first job because I my heart knows that I can't serve. I can't carry the message. I can't carry my mission If I am not, if I'm not living in my own light. Well, I agree with you. And I actually
0: was given a compliment by someone this week saying, you've got a great self-care routine. You take good care of yourself. And I'm like, well, shit, I don't have
1: kids or pets. I mean, I better take good care of myself. And I sometimes feel like I apologize for taking good care of myself because I don't have kids, because I don't have a partner. I feel like I have more time available, but the truth is that I could still be Netflix binging if that's what I chose to do, but that doesn't make me feel good. And if that makes somebody feel good, awesome, but that's not how I feel good. Yeah. I feel good when I move. I feel good when I connect with nature. I feel good when I connect with other humans in ways that help us both grow. And for me, that's not sitting on a couch together. You know, that's us digging in my garden together. That's us going for a walk. That's us talking in your studio and throwing ideas. Like Mm -hmm. I only want to engage in ways that make me and the other person better.
0: And I love hearing you say this because when we spoke this morning – when I was in a total meltdown in my kitchen that that, that time that we talked. Yeah. And there is a huge difference. And there was one catalyst to help you get from that
1: place you were. One very simple catalyst. And you reminded me with a word. You said, did you meditate? And I said, yes. And you said, did you medicate? And I realized that I am failing to take care of myself fully until the very end of the day. I am feeling like part of my energy needs to be for everyone else first, and and my relationship with the medication that I use today, which is cannabis, is very, very personal, and so I tend to medicate at night when I am feeling like I'm done with my obligations to the day to other people, and when I'm ready to be in the most loving space for myself. And that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. And because when it comes out of your mouth and it it
0: sounds beautiful, but it's not fucking practical because you're stressed out, you're having anxiety, you're going through things all day long. And if you don't truly use cannabis as medicine, and if you do in the evening, to me, that's like, oh, this is a really nice treat that I've earned And it's going to make me feel better. But it was a treat still. Instead of if I take care of things throughout the day as they come up for me,
1: I'm using it truly as a medicine. I think almost I, for today, mostly my relationship with cannabis is about pain relief and inflammation. And there is some part of me that doesn't physically allow myself to get out of pain until the end of the day. I almost feel like I just need to weather through and I can feel good later. I can stop being in pain later. Well, and then that's just part of the, you know, suffering. And the anxiety that pain causes and the constant awareness of being in pain and carrying that energy. In but everything. I mean, though, the story of in order to
0: have this journey. I have to suffer to get to the reward. In order to
1: produce greatness, I need to suffer. The starving artist journey of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that is story that I still carry is still thinking that work has to feel like work and that work can't feel like play. Yeah. And so I love reminding you that. Right. That on my hand (laughs) with a Sharpie. Work is play. Work is play. When I am in the flow, when I am really living my best self with with no barriers, with no pretense, then work is play. Then it's all play.
0: Well, and that's that's the great litmus test. If you can say work is play and you want to roll your eyes and flip me off, then you're not doing the right thing. You're not following your... Higher self, you're not like in the flow of who
1: you are if you fucking hate your job. And what I hate right now is not being able to move the way I want to move because as we're talking about work being play, I'm seeing myself dance up the five flights of stairs that it takes to get to my office in the city when my office is open. And I'm thinking about how much fun it feels to feel breathless at the top of the stairs. And I guess I haven't really realized how much I miss that. Well,
0: and I guess for the audience, like you're having physical.
1: I'm going through some physical pain. Because I... you're an athlete and you've. And I went through a pretty intense hamstring reattachment surgery and then didn't listen to my body on the other side of that surgery. And now I'm getting to really, really listen. Edie Osborne told us a similar story she she did and i thought oh you know that won't happen to me because that's what we all think somehow i thought that my recovery curve would be different cuz i would work harder or i would endure more or i would i would somehow outsmart time and time just takes time everybody thinks they're invincible
0: in one way or another So during this time, I'm constantly listening to podcasts or, you know, some sort of enlightenment webinar, seminar, YouTube video, something. And I wrote something down that I needed to hear. And, you know, just in our conversation right now, I'm seeing the sticky note, so I have to read it. Relaxing is so valuable to have a direct transformation. Relaxing is so valuable to have a direct transformation. I know that the world is quote unquote shut down out there, but inside the studio, it's business as usual. I'm still trying to launch a product. I'm still putting out a show every week. I still have clients that I'm doing their corporate storytelling for them and everybody's pivoting and doing stuff. So I'm busy as shit. And I'm not giving myself the space to breathe and sit down and like have that time to visualize, look like, what, what do I want this to look like? Everybody else is pivoting right now and I'm helping them pivot, but what the fuck is Joanna going to do? Like, what do I want to do? And so, you know, it was just a reminder for me to be like, okay, the projects are never done. There's always something that's going to fill up my to-do list. So take a
1: pause, take
0: a breath, take a day.
1: And if we don't take that pause, nobody takes it for us and for and part of me is still waiting for that rescue for somebody else to say you did good it's okay you can pause now you can rest
0: i felt like that up until march 31st i got rid of my social media clients i did purge that piece of my business i just i can't do it anymore and waking up on april 1st knowing that I didn't have to do any of that stuff, man, that felt good. That felt so good. I, I want more of those feelings. Like
1: <laughs> I love the feeling of being disconnected. I love it. I love not participating in the noise. I take my podcasts with me because I feel like they don't stop what I'm doing. They enhance it. So I can be listening and learning or listening and processing or just listening and feeling part of and not feel like I'm tied to a screen, whether that's my phone or my laptop or any other screen. I can feel, I can take the lessons with me. I can take the process with me and not be stuck in place with it. Yeah.
0: I think that's one of the reasons why I have not been down with, you know, the Zoom calls or you know, the hangouts or all the different things that people are doing to, to feel together. And I get that. But for me, I feel like I'm like, okay, I'm sitting on my ass in a studio where there's not sun shining in here. And I'm one of like, 30 boxes on the screen nobody
1: even does anybody even see that i'm on here like hi what's (laughs) happening like this is stupid i'm out apparently you can do a lot of hand raising and thumbs upping to let people know you're there but if thumbs up is the degree of interaction that's happening now if that's how we show that we're hi i'm here if that's how we show up is with an emoji thumbs up i want out that's not how i show up in the world i show up in the world like this I show up in the world sitting next to someone that either is my friend or could be my friend, and I, I need to interact human to human.
0: You know, and I feel like most people are probably like that, but it's this time that there is stillness and aloneness. A lot of people don't want to be alone. They don't want to be still. They don't want to be quiet with their own thoughts. So it's much easier, or it feels better, because there's a lot of uncomfortable feelings that happen with being alone in, in your own space and skin and figuring out everything and looking at yourself and your life and what you're surrounded by. That can be really uncomfortable in your body. And so doing a dance party on Zoom
1: <laughs> might be way better. But the it feels better in that moment. Like it feels good when you're eating cotton candy. 20 minutes later, you have a stomachache and you're miserable and you're trying to find something salty to make the sweet go away. But that kind of frantic like surface level engagement or or busyness doesn't feel good for me anymore. Yeah. I feel better sitting through and being still and surrendering and – just sometimes sitting in the suck and going all right this is this is going to roll over me this suck is going to roll over me and i'm going to feel a different way in the future but right now if i fight this it might stick around
0: well and also it's like being in quicksand you know i don't know that everybody just like happens to be in quicksand very often but the more you squirm and fight it the more it sucks you in and it takes relaxing Almost like kicking back, throwing your legs up and allowing yourself to float through the suck.
1: And to get a little space from it and realize that I am not the suck. I might be in the suck, but it's separate from me and that I can take a breath from my thoughts and then I realize it's all okay. Yeah. Well, in meditation
0: and cannabis-infused meditation specifically really
1: helps with that. I think that cannabis helps with my meditation in the same way that deprivation tanks helped with my meditation in that they almost shortcutted some of the mental noise mm-hmm. and let me get to the stillness faster. Oh, totally. Totally. I did.
0: Um, well, I think I, I shared it with you. I can't I hardly say his name. Ben, Bentissimo? Ben, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess that up, so I'm not gonna try. Bentino, my sister is probably laughing right now. Bentino, something somebody. Anyway, he's doing this free enlightenment retreat, and yesterday's lesson was really just breaking down meditation. Meditation is something that I have done consistently for almost ten years, and to have someone break it down for a beginner. And really talk about like, what are we doing when we're meditating? You know, where are, where are we trying to get? What is this space? How do we get there? You know, how are ways that we can connect with that throughout the day? And one of the things that he talked about that I thought is something that I don't do enough of, you know, I spend a lot of time in contemplation and quietness in general, most of the time, it's like having a meeting when everybody else is on a Zoom call. When you're a, a business of one, you you go into a meditative <laughs> contemplation state. But he was talking about taking four and five second pauses throughout your day. So say you are having, you know, a moment of frantic thought to stop and close your eyes and take a breath and release all thoughts for five seconds, just nothing. Just allow your mind to just focus on that part of you that's hearing the sound of my voice, that part of you that hears the bird chirping outside or whatever that is. And it's just giving your ego and your small self a little bit of a rest. And a little taste of your larger self. Like, hey, there's somebody else
1: in there that knows what's going on. Well, I think tuning into the senses too, tuning into the physical senses, which is something that that microdosing lets me do. Tuning, really tuning in lets me – how do I even want to say this? It lets me recognize that there is a vehicle experiencing the senses – that isn't necessarily my essence that these are just these are physical sensations and these are happening and so when i do the six breath meditation which i do quite a bit when i just pause and try to take just six breaths where my shoulders really drop down my spine and my collarbones lengthen and even one breath i can start to feel my mind spin my mind is like oh my gosh you don't have time for this you don't have time for this you don't have time for this So I take another one in the second breath, I start to feel the ground or the floor or the chair, whatever supporting me. And my mind finally starts to slow. And by the fifth or sixth breath, I realize that we are entirely infinite and I'm okay. And I don't need to change anything. And I can walk forward and help and heal and serve. But it takes those six full breaths to get out of my own thinking. Yeah. That was one of the things he said too was how much
0: do you know directly? That's not a thought. Like everything that's spinning around in our head is story. It's all story that we've told. And so if you can quiet that and be story less for a moment, then you do get to experience that bliss of just being
1: this soulful Separation. Being having a
0: human experience,
1: having a human experience, but being separate from my thoughts and sensations and feelings and emotions and images, yes. and, and and feeling the being that's under all of that. Yeah, you are not the things or the thoughts or or any of it that I am connected. That I'm just part of the energy. I'm part of good. I'm part of light. I'm part of love. That I am. That love is really all there is. There's love and there's confusion and i need to understand what i experience as not love as confusion because that feels better to me
0: love and confusion see and i'm always like okay it's love and fear but i think fear and confusion they're you know they're vibrating somewhere close to the
1: they're vibrating same place. very close and it's and i need to i need to just apply more love even when i need to move away even when I need to step away from that vibration because it isn't healthy for me and I need to leave it, I prefer to, to understand it as just confused, confused love. Well, and
0: in Ram Dass, you know, tells us to, to love our evil thoughts, to love our confusion, to love every bit of all of it because, it's all teaching us something if we allow it. Because if you just let it you know, you just allow, then there isn't necessarily anything to have to let go of because you're just kind of flowing with it and you're just like in it, experiencing it. And like, wow, that was great. I can't wait till I get to experience that again, instead of trying to turn around and swim upstream and chase it. Be like, no, I want that feeling forever. Come back. You know, it's like running up the escalator when it's trying to take you down. Like, you know, just, just gotta go. (laughs) Hello.
1: Just gotta go. (laughs)
0: I'd listen to way more woo-woo shit than anybody would probably care to admit to. But, you know, one of the biggest things that I feel like is an opportunity for us right now is that whole visualizing what we want on the other side of this. What will it look like? What will it sound like? What will it feel like? And just allowing ourselves to either journal. You know, one of my friends is like, you know, I'm fucking playing too many video games and whatever, but I'm journaling every day. You know, so just doing something.
1: I find that I'm drawing again, and I hadn't drawn in a while. And I I kept trying to journal, and I'd come, and I'd sit, and nothing was happening. And so I started doodling and... And I gave myself permission to ruin the whole journal because it's a a very pretty journal. And so I have... I'm like you and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So I I decided (laughs) that it would be okay if I had to spend like another $4 on another pretty journal. I'd be all right. Mm -hmm. And just gave myself permission to just scribble and draw and take up a a page per letter if I want to. Mm -hmm. And it's some of those silly little indulgences, which... Have like made me smile again and realize that there is nothing, there's nothing quarantining me, my joy. Like they've locked up my hustle, I'm still having a good time. <laughs> you know, I I've turned my entire house into a ninja rig, and it's it's worse than it was last time you were there. And I have hoops from the ceiling, and I'm dancing in the shower, and I'm jumping on my bed. And memory foam feels like a big marshmallow. It's very awful. It is not optimal bed jumping, but. I no, was up there I was cleaning the fan, and I realized, like I'm a grown up. I can fully jump on my own bed. I don't even like this bed. Yeah, and I dare myself to break it exactly. And it feels good. It feels good to just let myself play mm-hmm. to just let myself play and to to hope that every other house on my block i I send them play, and I hope they are playing too. I like that. and i I want
0: you to describe your evening dance party, because I love
1: this so much. So I am pretty (laughs) deeply embedded in the Zoom space. I work in events and have been doing the massive virtual pivot that everyone else is doing and was thinking about Burning Man. And I was thinking about the fact that burners are not going to let this stop them. And I have a lot of little strands of Christmas lights because I love light. It makes me very happy. And So I got a little high and I wrapped some Christmas lights around both of my wrists and both of my ankles and I turned off almost all the lights in my house and I put on my new headphones and I had a little dance party in the mirrors and and I'm somebody who's never felt comfortable dancing. Dancing is always something that has made me feel very reserved, very inhibited and I realized maybe this is when I start dancing. Maybe I start dancing all alone in my house when that's my only option. And maybe this is how I learn to feel comfortable dancing. Maybe this is my dance. Yeah. And I had so
0: much fun. I love it. I love that so much. In fact, I'm like with all the acoustic paneling in my windows, I'm like I can totally.
1: No, this is optimal dance party space. Yeah, I'm doing it. I've been dressing up a lot too. I have – some spare tiaras from the Maker Fair days.
0: I keep seeing people doing this stuff. I have not. I mean, I barely put pants on.
1: Well see no, I don't I don't do the like get actual dressed up thing. I get dressed up and then work.
0: yeah, I mean I've I just saw pictures of people in like ball gowns taking the trash out and stuff like that like where they're really or like putting their wedding dresses back on or I haven't worn any makeup. I've been wearing like the same two pair of spandex.
1: I had a friend (laughs) offer that I could dress up in her wedding dress. Maybe that's an Instagram thing. I don't know. The the social media people will have to let us know if that's like a thing. But I was like, no, I don't want to have my own wedding. I certainly don't want to wear your dress. I'm good. Well, and I've seen people posting like their senior pictures.
0: I don't know what that – oh, for all of these poor seniors that are – can you imagine – your senior year in fucking high school and you're trapped at home with your parents?
1: Your senior year, you're missing prom, uh, graduation, all of these things that they've looked Whatever forward to for so Whatever, your sporting events, I mean. However, I have some teenagers in my life that I love very much that I want to be able to tell and I can't, but I want to tell them. When you look back to 2020, like in the big picture, missing graduation is not what, is going to impact you, or I sure hope it's not. I hope you remember it as a time when our global consciousness changed. I hope that's what comes of this, and I hope people don't look back and go, oh, I didn't get a prom, I didn't get a graduation. I hope we go, you know what, that's when everything changed. That's when we actually decided to look out for our neighbors a little bit. When we realized that we are a global community, so while I absolutely respect that these kids are having as hard of a time as all the rest of us, and I'm spinning out over not being able to get Botox right now, so like let me just tell you that like I can't I can't re up the eyelash goo or get the the paralytic shot into my forehead right now, and I've been mourning that. Oh lord. So it's not all spiritual woo woo that I'm a little worried that the container is falling apart, but that is not what I'm going to remember when I look back. When I look back, I'm going to remember that my neighbors are now texting me when they need to, to borrow something because nobody wants to go to the store. And I love that because yes, I have canned tomatoes.
0: Yes. And I, I hope 16 and 17 and 18 year old kids are that evolved that they're thinking about those things. But really, I think that has to fall on their parents to be having those conversations with them right now. I don't think that's going to instinctively be what they look back on.
1: I don't think it will be either, but I am seeing even in the very young people, I'm seeing kids watch their parents have quarantine driven meltdowns and they're you know if I, I don't know what's worse being all by yourself or being stuck with everyone you love twenty four seven. I know I that know. sounds terrible
0: too. I know. I can't, I can't figure it out myself. And because I look at my sisters with, you know, three kids under five at home and just like, okay, would I rather have that than this? I don't think so.
1: Yeah. I think, I think my dog and I are pretty good.
0: Me and my pumpkin are pretty good.
1: (laughs) I love your pumpkin. I love your pumpkin. But I am watching like my neighbor's seven-year-old is starting to take care of her two-year-old more. Because she's understanding that mom's a human and mom has limits and mom's having breakdowns, mm-hmm. and so I do think that some of the oh don't let the kids you know see this I, we're all having our we're all having our own private crises all at the same time and it's, yeah. whoever's around is going to see it and I do think that that will help transform how kids understand themselves and priorities. I agree. And I think it's important
0: that there is that, what's the word I'm looking for? Transparency in these breakdowns, you know, having transparency in the feelings that you're moving through, because these are the, these are the fucking skills kids aren't learning at school.
1: And I hate to use the word because it's all over marketing right now, but it is about resilience and it's about collective thinking for me, I think it's, it is about transparency and about losing some of the, some of the everything's okay all the time that we can, that we can be under normal circumstances.
0: Well, and I too think in harmony with all of that, I also think it's even things like, okay, my child is frustrated. You know, they're having a tantrum right now. I'm frustrated have, and I'm wanting to have my own tantrum. It's, being able to show them how to handle that in that moment, like allowing them to mirror you. And it's like pausing, taking a breath and just like out loud, what do you need right now? What do you need right now? Tell me I'm listening and just being quiet and, you know, doing this exercise with your five-year-old, They're, of course, they're not going to get it immediately, but they're going to mirror what you do. So if they're having a tantrum and then all of a sudden, you know, they think to stop and take a breath and put their hand on their chest and say, What do you need right now?
1: And how can you help yourself feel that way? I have to ask myself that all the time. Like, how, and sometimes I want to feel hugged. That's when I hug myself. Sometimes I want to feel warm. And that's a beautiful eighty-five dollars sweatshirt that is so fuzzy on the inside, and and wow, I'm like wow, you got bougie. Look at you, look at you, farm girl, getting bougie. Oh my gosh! But I know exactly what you're talking about because you
0: know you're standing up on your computer when you smoke cannabis. It does kind of bring your temperature down, your core temperature down a little bit. I get chilled, and is that why I'm freezing all the time? Most likely. And, you know, I mean, I'll stop and do some squats or get into plank or something, try to warm myself back up. But, yeah, it's like I need to have my perfect cozy sweatshirt that just makes me feel like I'm getting a hug.
1: And sometimes I need to feel really alive. And sometimes that's 10 push-ups. Sometimes I need to feel engaged. And right now that's hollering at my neighbor over the fence because we're having a tomato growing competition and his are winning and neither of us like tomatoes. Well, you can bring them to me. I'll make I'll make you a
0: nice sauce.
1: One uh, of the, say the blah, 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 blah.
0: Pasta Bolognese? <laughs> yes, thank you. B- <laughs> Bolognese. Not trying. Well, if you're from Bologna, it's not Bologna. 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 So it is the pasta sauce of the Bolognese people. Bolognese.
1: <laughs> I need the Hooked on Phonics guide.
0: Oh, you just have to go visit Italy. You'll... You'll learn it.
1: I did have that moment today where I thought, what would make me feel good? What would make me happy? And I thought about you and the fact that you did get brave at at a point in your life when you had all of the security and all of the things, you packed them all up or sold them all and you took off. And I am feeling really ready for that takeoff point. I'm not sure to where and I'm not sure in what degree. I'm not sure what it means, but I know that I am feeling ready to let go of some of the things that I think I need to feel safe. I'm not sure what that that looks like, but I understood that this morning. It came to me this morning. I understood there is some level of letting go. Yes. High five. I love hearing that. And now the
0: exciting part is that you don't necessarily have to know yet. You just get
1: to make all those little micro choices. Micro choices and just observations for me too. Like, oh, look, oh, look, there's that thing that happened that makes total sense now that is helping me get to the next place when I thought in the beginning it was an inconvenience.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think the universe has a sense of humor, you know? <laughs> like it's She like does. You, you get what you
1: need in clever ways sometimes. When we're open, when we're open, and I've gotten so much of that lately, there have been so many wild synergies mind-blowing connections that I, I've because I have been more alone than normal I've had chance to observe and and see things happening for me and and be excited. I I am excited. I go through my tantrums. I threw a fit this morning. Oh, it was a big fit. I threw a big fit. Uh, you got round two. My poor mom got round one. <laughs> my poor sainted mom. But I am excited. I, I do feel like this has been a really good time for me to not worry about how I was presenting to anyone else, to not wear the mascara, to to get up and do the things that made me feel like I was pushing my own markers forward and and pouring my best effort into this project that I really do believe in. And and taking the time to play with my dog that I wouldn't normally get. I'm not normally home all day long with my dog. She's getting cuddles and Mm -hmm. that feels good. That feels good to, I'm growing things in my backyard that I can keep alive even in 102 degree heat. You know what, you just
0: saying that made me think about the children who are really going to be that like next, like just born enlightened, you know, just like knowing from the get go it's all these little 2 and 3 4-year-old kids that have their parents at home with them right now. I mean, hopefully they're good parents, not people they would don't want to be trapped with, but having just that complete nurturing all the time from your people, your flesh from and blood. From your people. Yeah. Like what a gift. And I know parents are, you know, posting all the time like why isn't anybody talking about parents' mental health and trying to balance it all with work? And it's like, fuck, that's all you should be thinking about right now.
1: See, I've been really deep in that conversation because I am working in this space where we work to support women who now have their kids all at home. So I've been really deep thinking about that, thinking about the the challenges that working moms suddenly working from home with kids that are home all the time are facing and wondering how much of it is tied to right now and how much of it is still tied to the unequal division of domestic labor. Mm-hmm. And that is another hope for me is maybe this will bring some of that to the forefront and maybe some of that will change now. I like thinking that. Like, I can tell you that like, if I had a partner and two kids and we were home and I really had to look at the fact that I was doing most of the work and neither one of us were commuting, neither one of us were – out engaging in the world in a different way, and I was still bearing the majority of the work, I think it would be time for a conversation. Yes.
0: This is the part where I think couples end up having, this is turning into a Love Mary Jane episode, but that's where I think a lot of couples start ending up having that rub is like, how are you presenting that information to your partner? Are you angry and disgruntled or is it like, hey, we're in this new situation And now, you know, we can see things differently or, you know, what are you noticing about this co-parenting thing right now? What, you know, what are the things that you're loving, you're hating, whatever, and allowing it to come up organically in a conversation that you've presented rather than that being. Rather than
1: a demand or a breakdown. Yeah. But again, that's, that's cannabis giving that second of pause, that second of like, okay, how do I, how do I want to mindfully approach this Mm -hmm. and not just rush into this? Cannabis just
0: makes it so much easier for me to be kind, period.
1: It makes it easier for me to be kind, not only to myself and everyone else, but also has changed my relationship with the planet in some ways.
0: Oh, totally.
1: I've been deeply into plant healing for a while and, really understanding that at the end of the day, they're all plants, you know, and and listening to Edie and and thinking about how the media is so into turmeric. We're so into turmeric right now. Let's talk about turmeric some more. (laughs) And at the end of the day, why, why are we not having that conversation around cannabis? Why is it not packaged into every single possible thing, you know, because it's blown up? And maybe it will, maybe it will, but will that take people further away from the fact that it is It's a healing plant, which should reconnect us to the ground, which should make us reconsider how we walk on this earth. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I want to walk?
0: You haven't got to listen to it yet, but the episode that I posted yesterday, last week, I guess, um, is about hemp. And it really is about what needs to happen for us to really be able to have that sort of relationship with hemp and cannabis. And it really is going to require a shakeup of the infrastructure of our company, or company, our country is a company. Um, and, And in order for it to work, like we have to really have our government making these major shifts and changes, but it absolutely, it's like prime time for cannabis and hemp to shine, totally. There was a, a time in our country's past where there was a fork in the road and we took the wrong one, and there's another fork in the road,
1: and I think the fact that that my grandmother is is slowly opening that door has made me feel like there is more hope than I thought. You know, my grandmother, who she's not representative of the group that is taking opiates for everything, she won't even take a Tylenol. Uh, she's stoic, but the fact that she's seeing it help me is making me feel hopeful, making me feel like the healing abilities will really rise to the top. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and two, you know, beyond medicine, there's so many other ways that the plant can help our planet. You know, when, like last week, we're talking, you know, it's, fuel it's fashion it's food it's energy it's sustainable you know it's all of these things that are good for us and they're good for our planet and we could probably talk forever because this is this is literally just our girlfriend talk i we have no agenda i don't even know where we're going with this episode um sometimes you don't have to know where you're yeah, going in order to get there right but it it's cannabis is such an important part of my life, and I, I preach about it. I, you know, I, I help people incorporate it into their lives. I feel like I'm an evangelist. You are. For the you plant. changed
1: my relationship with it. I grew up with such a difficult relationship with it because I had experienced OG gangster style, you know, weed growing and slanging, and I didn't want anything to do with that. I never felt safe, and to see you as someone who used it in these different applications, sometimes sometimes for social or emotional, sometimes for physical. I saw you put a, a patch on your arm when you were in pain, and I, and I it opened my eyes. I had a different understanding. And now I'm the one that my friends are calling going, hey, do you know any women-owned companies that have anything with CBN in it? And yes, I do. <laughs> but I, I love that it was watching you somebody who lives with integrity lives in a way that I respect and aspire to and and watching that it had such a presence in your life opened me up to being opened me to being open which I wasn't before and has let me get educated in whole new ways and and I'm fascinated by biochemistry so I'm super excited about it and it did change things for me and so thank you
0: well, I love you. You are a, you're a success story, my lady.
1: <laughs> Another kind of a success story. <laughs> Coming to you from Casually Baked. Whatever
0: suck you might find yourself in at the moment, I hope this podcast made you feel less alone. Emotional education is not required curriculum in schools, at least not yet. And the real world can be a real bitch if you aren't curious about emotional sciences or you haven't had social and emotional nurturing. So many people grow up without dialogue around their emotions. These people, they can't deal with harsh feedback or the feelings that come up around it. And then there are the meta-emotions. These are the feelings about your feelings like a guy feeling shame for crying, which leads to negative self-talk. And then where is that coming from? Does it sound like something you heard as a child? Listen, if you experience discomfort or shame talking about your feelings or anyone else's feelings for that matter, I encourage you to shine a light on the shadow. Because trust me, investing in your emotional intelligence, it has benefits not just for you, my friend, but everyone around you, especially the little people looking up to you. Think about every shitty boss or coworker or classmate you dreaded being around. I'd be willing to bet they're emotionally challenged. And if you're the person that you feel like nobody wants to be around, don't worry, my friend. I've got a book recommendation for you. It's by Mark Brackett, PhD. He is the founder and director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence and a professor in the Child Study Center of Yale University. He is the lead developer of RULER, an evidence-based approach to social and emotional learning that has been adopted by nearly 2,000 schools across the United States and in other countries. Dr. Brackett's new book, Permission to Feel, inspires a new mindset around the power of emotions to transform our lives. Using science, passion, and lively storytelling, this book serves as a guide for understanding our own and others' emotions, as well as provides innovative strategies for developing emotional intelligence in adults and children, so that emotions help rather than hinder our success and well-being. I think cannabis and permission to feel go hand in hand, so I hope you will check out Dr. Brackett's book. It's Mark, M-A-R-C, bracket, B-R-A-C-K-E-T-T, and his new book is Permission to Feel. If you're inspired to help a friend or family member get their mojo working, I invite you to share this episode of the podcast with them. I'll include links to some of my and Ariana's favorite resources in the podcast 134 show notes at casuallybaked.com blog. And if you want to be like Kevin across the Bay and support my efforts, become a podcast patron at patreon.com backslash casually baked. You social butterflies, find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm at casually baked. Submit your can of curious questions at casuallybaked.com to be answered on a future episode of the podcast. And as always, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, Huff, puff, pass it on.
1: It's a high time. We had a high time together.
0: Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show.
0: Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.